Welcome back to the Green Zone presented by BetMGM. Final hour of the program before we pass the baton to the VEASAN Bet Center. It'll be Ben Wilson and Josh Towers. Towers strong on the baseball, of course, for your betting Saturday. And Wes Reynolds, speaking of baseball, the Chicago Cubs, it was a challenged call by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Jason Hayward sliding in safely at the plate, and the call was upheld. So the Cubs now take the lead. 3-2 to two over the Pittsburgh Pirates, bottom of the seventh inning. Chicago still at the plate with two out in the bottom of the seventh. And here in the live market at BetMGM, they have moved to minus 650 favorites. That's a pretty heavy number. You can get the Pirates at a 4-1 to underdog right now, trailing by just a run, again, with two outs in the bottom half of the seventh. Cubs bullpen, by the way, a little shaky yesterday. They had a 3-0 lead at the top of the ninth and, and only won 3-2. By the way, before we get to John Von Tobel here at the top of the hour, we got a ball game down here in Huntsville, Texas all of a sudden. We remember Ezard did score that 62-plus yard touchdown on a reception. Now an 80-yard punt return here near the end of the third quarter, 27-24 JMU with the lead over Sam Houston State, number three against number two, trying to see who's going to face South Dakota State the number one team in that national championship next week. But all of a sudden, we got a ball game. This game is now over the total in Huntsville, Texas. Wow, what a game for Ezard. The punt return and the 69-yard passing or catching, receiving touchdown for Sam Houston. And it looked like James Madison was going to run away with this, but not the case right now. Just three points separating these two teams in the FCS Semi-final. It is time now to bring in our NBA analyst here at VEASAN. It's Jonathan Von Tobel, kind of a regular contributor here at 2 o'clock Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, inside the green zone on a Saturday, taking a look at the NBA card. And, John, it was a couple weeks ago when we had you on that I wasn't really in love with the NBA card, but, boy, it's a good one tonight as we get closer down to the playoff picture. And a lot of teams that are in that picture are facing each other tonight, including the Wizards at the Pacers. If you like scoring, you ought to tune into this one, this one coming up at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. And the Pacers are in the 9-hole in the East, the Wizards in the 10-hole. The Wizards have absolutely been the hotter of the two teams, but they're separated by just half a game. This ought to be a good one, John. What's your take? Are you betting on this one or just going to sit back and watch a lot of points light up the scoreboard? Yeah, you know, we saw these two teams play, what, like a week ago? Maybe a little bit less than that, Brady. Uh, that was back on the third, so just under a week away. And this Indiana Pacers team had no answer whatsoever for Washington's offense. You know, to put up a defensive rating of 131.3, give up 154 points in that game. It was a really poor performance there for the Indiana Pacers. And in that one, when you went back on it, right, Indiana about, uh, I think, a four-and-a-half-point underdog in that contest. Now you're looking at this. Somewhere in the same range, this one, Washington on the road, land three and a half. But I've been kind of consistent with this when it comes to Indiana. And Wes has pointed this out a couple of times, too. You know, Indiana, from a defensive standpoint, against some quality teams, has not performed very well. You know, they get the win over Atlanta the other day, but their defense still 124.8 in terms of their uh, defensive rating. You mentioned that 131 rating. How about giving up 121.2 uh, defensive rating to Brooklyn? Portland, 146.8. So, I wouldn't expect anything different from Indiana in terms of their defensive game plan here. And then you look at Washington, and I think they can do a lot in terms of taking advantage of that. I think this is why you've seen this total move up as high as it has. I, I would lean here towards Washington. We haven't seen a move here at all in terms of the opening number. Open three and a half, still sitting at three and a half. I don't see any injury concerns for the Wizards, so I think it'd be Wizards or Patrick. 
And momentum has completely shifted now here in Huntsville, Texas. Sam Houston State, kind of a squib, short kick variety here to JMU. JMU cannot handle the kickoff, so now SHSU in JMU territory. Third quarter winding down here, James Madison 27-24 in the FCS Championship semifinal. And, and John, you're absolutely right, kind of on the Pacers, and we talked about the fact this is a totally different team without Miles Turner on the floor, at least defensively. And then, of course, what we saw the other night with dissension in the ranks, despite the fact that they did rally and get the win against Atlanta on Thursday night. This just team seems to me to be two teams going in very opposite directions here. And I was leaning to the over, but, man, it's tough to lay an over at 248 and a half. Yeah, and like, and like and Wes, you know, we're talking about the, the shift here for Indiana Pacers totals has been crazy, right? Go back to that Portland game I was mentioning right near the end of April. Before that, game against Orlando, total 226.5. Detroit game, 229.5. Oklahoma City a little high, 231.5. You have the 230s in there. Look at their last few games, though. 241.5, 242, 230, 246.5, 239. Like the market has started to correct itself here on Indiana games and trend that you have been mentioning. They're still going over the total, right? I think it's now, what, five, six out of the last seven games that have gone over the total at this point right now. So you're seeing the totals increase, but the games are still going over, but you're paying a premium. And at some point, that premium is going to cash. And the South Point is right now as high as 249.5 is the highest number on the market. So at some point, you're paying a little bit too much of a tax here on a total like this. So I, I choose to attack it from the side rather than a total perspective, but you're right about that. John, let's take a look at the Grizzlies at the Raptors. This is 430 Pacific, 730 Eastern, and Toronto really has basically no shot. They are still alive. Four games back of the final spot in the play-in round, the 10th spot in the Eastern Conference, with only five games left to play. And they've lost two in a row. So this team may understand that their goose has been cooked. Now Memphis, in the meantime, is in the thick of it. They are in the nine hole in the West, just a half game back of Golden State and just a game ahead of San Antonio. They're favored on the road here, and I believe the odds makers obviously have baked this into the line. But is there any way you can bet on Toronto? Do you think they're throwing in the towel, or are they going to show up tonight? Uh, you, so to use the analogy, if you want to keep up with the, the cooked goose, Brady, they are all, they are seasoning it themselves. They are throwing it in the oven. They're doing what they want with this man. Like Kyle Lowry's not going to play today. Fred Van Vliet's not going to play today. OG Ananobi is not going to play today. Uh, Yuta Watanabe, actually, uh, Watanabe, I should say, uh, is questionable as well. So you have three main cogs of this team. You have a key role player. Like, there's just a lot of guys who aren't playing. Chris Boucher is still missing and dealing with injuries. So there's really nothing about Toronto that would make me feel comfortable backing them at this point. Now, all that, of course, is baked into a number, so this is what you're looking at with Memphis opening up five and now up to six. And this is one thing that I've kind of pointed out with Memphis guys over the last, I'd say, month. Remember, in April, one point they led the league in offensive efficiency, was rock solid, really good, but their defensive efficiency has been one of the worst since the start of April, and their offense has really fallen off. You know, the Minnesota game a couple of nights ago, offensive rating of 135, that's great. But other than that, we're talking about outputs offensively of 102.1, 108.3, 95.8, 98.9. And these are, point, you know, their offensive ratings. These are extremely poor offensive performances the Grizzlies are putting together. So I, this is when I scratched off, Brady. You get an inflated number. You get in a poor defensive team. And another one, you know, and on the other side, they have not been putting anything together offensively. It wouldn't be surprising to see the Grizzlies come out, win this game and cover. But I haven't seen anything from them that would make me think that I'm comfortable laying a number like this. For Brooklyn-Denver tonight, Kyrie off a 45-point game on Thursday night, but not enough to beat the Dallas Mavericks as they lost by four. And 
Brooklyn's lost a few in a row now. Maybe some concern. I know James Harden has not been in the lineup, but Brooklyn uh, hasn't been finishing the season strong. Denver's been playing pretty solid, 7-3, and three, which is really remarkable considering how banged up they are in the backcourt. Nikola Jokic absolutely carrying this team, but couldn't do it last night against the Utah Jazz as Denver was in the number basically the whole game, kind of fell apart late. Brooklyn laying three and a half in Denver tonight, uh, seeing three as low as three here at Circa Sports. Uh, I didn't really know what to do with this game, John, because eventually you got to think, okay, maybe there's going to be a get-right spot for Brooklyn. But this is a solid price for them to be laying on the road against a Denver team that, quite frankly, hasn't fallen off as precipitously as we thought when Jamal Murray went out for the year. Yeah, Bray, I, I would agree, completely agree with that, Wes. Now, it, I think it's a pretty tough spot for Denver, and I think that's why you've seen this market right move in the direction that it has. Some spots open as low as two and a half. You're down to three, you're up to three and a half, if you put it that way, in a majority of markets. And you look at Denver, one of the things that's been kind of surprising is how well they've been playing defensively despite all of the losses. You know what I mean? Like, we're talking back to back games of defensive ratings 98.9, 91.6 before the Utah game. They shut down other teams, you know, Toronto, New Orleans. We can go down the list. They've been absolutely obliterating teams. But then you kind of look a little bit deeper, right? And you realize that over these last few games, let's go back to like the 24th. Your your opponents are Houston, Memphis, the team we just talked about that has been struggling offensively since the end of the the middle of the month. The New Orleans Pelicans who can't shoot worth a damn. The Toronto Raptors who have been benching guys. One of their worst defensive performances has been against the Los Angeles Clippers who were relatively whole and they put up a 119.5 offensive rating. The Clippers did now. They won that game the Denver Nuggets did, but still it shows you that against some really quality offensive opponents that they will kind of take a step back. They just haven't really had them lately. And so that's what gives me pause when you're looking at maybe taking the number now that it's three and a half. I think Brooklyn, the market moving in this direction is correct. You're going to get the dynamic duo outside of Harden, right? So you're going to get Kyrie. You're going to get Kevin Durant. I think this is a spot here where it's kind of like a really good situation for Brooklyn. If you want to weigh it, there's still threes out there. I would agree with this getting up to three and a half. I don't like the situation. And I think we're starting to see little cracks in the armor for Denver. Haven't been a lot of opportunities, but this might be one of them to expose one of those cracks yet again tonight. Keith Mitchell now in the lead at the Wells Fargo Championship at nine under par, two shots ahead of Rory McIlroy. And the Washington Nationals have broken the tie with the New York Yankees, now up two to one on the pinstripers. New York coming to bat in the home half of the sixth inning, again trailing two to one. John, I I think this is one of the more intriguing games on the evening card for your Saturday as well, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Up in the Pacific Northwest between the Trailblazers and the San Antonio Spurs. It gets really interesting with Portland being in the sixth hole out west. They're just a game ahead of the Lakers. And, of course, you know that sixth spot, that's the final guaranteed spot. Seven through ten all goes into the play-in round, which, of course, LeBron and the Lakers, they're not real thrilled about that. The Spurs, meanwhile, they're hanging on to that final spot in the play-in round, the ten hole. They're just a uh, game behind Memphis and two and a half games up on the New New Orleans Pelicans in the conference. Now the Blazers are favored here at home by half a dozen and a total of 232 and a half. What do you see shaking down tonight up in Portland? So I think this is pretty interesting, Brady, because when you look at San Antonio, one of the things that quietly happened over the last week and a half was that they lost Derek White to injury for the rest of the season. And Derek White is a third leading scorer. He's averaging 15.9 points per game, really solid shooter. So this is a blow for this team. And then you look at their last few games. Often, you know, they beat the Sacramento Kings. Congratulations. Kings aren't that good. One of the worst defensive teams in the league. 
still only output offensive rating of 110. You look at the three games prior to that, offensive ratings of 84, 102.2, and 08.8. This team has really regressed on the offensive end. And defensively, the regression had hit them hard in the second half already. 21st in defensive efficiency since the All-Star break. To me, that's something that is actually worth looking at and considering, one, the sample size is getting larger by the day. The other is, in the first half, they were top 10 defense. It just didn't jive. It didn't make much sense. So they've really regressed defensively in the second half here. This is something where I think Portland can kind of take advantage of, right? You know, the number was a little big against the Los Angeles Lakers last night. The Lakers are a decent defensive team for the most part. I think some of the numbers dictate that with Anthony Davis by himself, they're not great, but they can put out some good performances, and thus they did yesterday. But this is a different animal, right? At home against San Antonio, who is lacking offensive firepower, I can totally understand. It looks like Stations is the one here in Nevada that is still hanging on five and want to get out there. But I completely agree with this market move here. This is much more of a viable situation to me to lay points with Portland than it was against the Los Angeles Lakers last night. And, John, in terms of this game, uh, do you kind of take into account in the handicapping of this with the Spurs now maybe they are not feeling that much pressure now with New Orleans now two and a half games back. I know there's six games left to play by and large, but Zion Williamson now out with that index finger, even though they had a really good effort and came back against Philadelphia and really made the Sixers sweat last night. It just seems like maybe New Orleans, kind of like what we saw at Toronto, maybe reality setting in a little bit, and then the Kings lose last night, so now they're three and a half back. So all of a sudden, the Spurs don't really have that pressure from the pursuers behind them. I mean, I, I can see that, Wes, but also, like, you'd rather have a home courted game, right, against Memphis, I would think, you know, when you're in this play-in situation, like, you're fighting for a playoff spot in general, so... I would think that when you look at it from a motivation standpoint, from a strategy standpoint, I think you'll want a home court spot against Memphis. So I think the motivation would still be there to win. It would be a little odd to just be okay with that, given the situation, given the fact that Memphis hasn't been playing that good, right? Like, you could still catch Memphis if you want to win a game back by the way they've been playing offensively. So I can understand it, but I think all these teams are perfectly motivated and still want to get the best seat possible, the best situation possible in this play-in situation, wherever they are, 7th or 10th. Sam Houston with second and goal, and it looks like they'll run that one in for a touchdown. Boy, it has been all Sam Houston in the second half, and before that play, this is up over 200 yards now. In the second half, they're outgaining James Madison over 200 yards to just 36, and they now lead this game by 10 points with an extra point pending. We'll this you- is the offense that we saw in the regular season for Sam Houston. We'll let you get out of here and enjoy your Saturday night card of NBA action, JVT. But I want to ask you, before we let you go, I know, of course, you had Hideki Matsuyama to win the Masters. You're about the only person in the world that predicted that. But uh, I've got to ask you, who are you going with? Are you going back to the well with uh, Mr. Matsuyama at Kiowa Island in a couple weeks? Uh, you know, I, I might be, I don't think so. Like, you guys will know better than I would. I'm starting to dive into the handicap now, but I don't know if it's really the best course for him. You know, the guy I had circled with Tommy Fleetwood, you know, I he's like my next guy, right? I had him when they were at Shinnecock at that U.S. Open. He had that historic weekend, but ultimately fell short. The books kept I feel like this course suits him a little bit better. So that was the guy at the top of my list, at least. All right, very good. Well, you enjoy your Saturday, my friend, and we'll talk to you down the road. Yep, see you draft, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. The PGA Championship draft, he's a part of it. Absolutely. Uh, He missed out on the Masters draft, I think. We've got some very smart competition, Brady, in that draft. So uh, we got to take our title back. We lost it here in the spring. Got there for the winter Masters, but we got to get our title back. 
Yeah, Mr. Sherman, the boys over at the Westgate, they've uh, co-championed with us for the Masters in November and then took it solo for the traditional Masters in April. We had 15 teams. We had shut the door at 15, but we opened up the door just to creak, and we let Mr. Paul Stone into the field. Paul Stone's a good man. We got it. We got to do the man from Tyler, Texas, right? Couldn't say no to Paul. Hour number two, or hour number three, rather, just getting underway here inside the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM. We'll be back with some more in-game wagering opportunities on the diamonds right here on VSIN. Welcome back to the Green Zone presented by BetMGM. They're still batting in the top of the eighth inning in St. Louis with two outs. And the Colorado Rockies making some noise here, Wes Reynolds. St. Louis has really been in control of this game throughout. Colorado did tie it at one point at five apiece. Then the, uh, then the Cardinals took over once again, extended that lead out to 9-5. to five. Now currently 9-8 to eight in the top of the eighth inning in St. Louis. And the Rockies, they were kind of my lean in this ball game all along. And uh, maybe they're going to get there, my friend. Yeah, the over uh, long going to get there. Just hoping for no rain delay. It's got to go nine innings, so that's what you're always worried about. When you've got an over and you can't cash that ticket till the end of the game. But now 9-8, to eight, Charlie Blackman with the two-run single scores Tapia and Story. So Alex Reyes on here in the top of the eighth trying to get out Hampson. Blackman on first here. So 9-8, to eight, this has had a lot of momentum shifts here. Rockies tied it up in the fifth. And then the Cardinals got a four spot in the bottom of the fifth, namely by a Paul Goldschmidt two-run home run to start it off. But three already in for the Colorado Rockies. Two outs here. Nolan Arenado just one for four against his former team today. So uh, Colorado trying to get back within the number here. Yeah, it looks like a ball got away from Paul Goldschmidt at first base, and Blackman took second. So a runner in scoring position for Arenado at the plate with two outs. The live market currently shut down here at BetMGM. The Touch, touchdown James Madison, by the way, here. James Madison Dukes not going quietly into that good night. 34-yard touchdown pass now makes it 38-33. to Still a lot of ball game left here in the fourth quarter. Sam Houston State went on, like, I think a 28 to nothing run from late into the second quarter, but now JMU back within five. 10-15 left to go in the fourth and final four quarter. you got to think that they are going to go for two here and try to make it a three-point game. Yeah, this thing was absolutely on an under pace early. And all of a sudden, we have exploded with a heck of a ball game here between James Madison and Sam Houston. Again, the FCS semifinal there. The Chicago Cubs and the Pittsburgh Pirates have reached the ninth inning, and Craig Kimbrell is out onto the mound for the Cubs to try and shut this one down. They're, tr- or they're leading Pittsburgh by just a run, 3-2 to two right now. Again, top of the ninth inning and one out for the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Washington Nationals and New York Yankees absolutely on an underpace in this one, Wes, and we expected that with a couple of Cy Young Award winners on the hill, Corey Kluber and Max Scherzer. Right now, Washington out in front, 2-1, to one, top of the seventh inning. Scherzer's still in the game. We'll see if he goes, comes in bottom for the seventh. He has 84 pitches, 12 strikeouts a day, just two hits, one earned run, has not walked anybody. 
Chad Green now on in relief for Corey Kluber. Nat's got the first runner on here at the top of the 7-2-1 Nationals. And as far as the live line here, your live total is at 5.5, and, and the Yankees are plus 220 on the money line to come back and win this thing. Not a bad price there. If you like the Nationals, you can lay minus 300. By the Bay, the rare occurrence, Wes, when you have the Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants both at home. Back in the day, uh, used to be the rare Bay Area double dip where I could go uh, watch the A's in the morning and go check out the Giants at night. Uh, they're both playing at the same time today, but San Francisco and Oakland both out to 3 nothing lead. San Francisco leading the Padres 3 to nothing. Top of the fifth inning there at Oracle, and Oakland went off as an underdog. So mm-hmm. did the Giants. Both underdogs today, about the same price. Oakland out in front of Tampa Bay in the bottom of the fifth, three to nothing. All by the long ball today, by the way. Brandon Crawford with a three-run shot here in the bottom of the second off Joe Musgrove. The score remains the same as we go now to the top of the fifth in San Francisco. Giants leading three nothing. Also three nothing for the Oakland A's. Two home runs hit by them. Brown with the two-run shot. Arnold Allen with the two with a uh, solo shot in the bottom of the second. So three to nothing. A's here, top of the fifth. Now, here's one for you. You have the Detroit Tigers, who are absolutely struggling, and they're out to a 2-0 lead over the Minnesota Twins. Top of the fifth inning, and the Twins are plus 210 on the money line to win this ball game. Now, you could have gotten Minnesota as a favorite in this ball game prior to first pitch at minus 185. This has absolutely flipped the script here at plus 210. Do you think they have a shot, West, with about half the ball game left? You would think so because the Detroit bullpen, one of the worst in all of Major League Baseball. So a lead is never really safe with these guys, but the Minnesota Twins... Just if we, when you think they're going to figure it out that this is the series where maybe they could, so far no good for the Twinkies down 2 nothing heading to the bottom of the fifth. James Madison goes for two, and it looks like that is good. So quite a ball game there going on between James Madison and Sam Houston. The New York Rangers, we were wondering which team was going to show up today. The one that wanted to play spoiler apparently has just about seven and a half minutes left in the third period, and they are doubling up the Bruins four to two. Still one to nothing in favor of the Pittsburgh Penguins as they have about five minutes left in the third period there. One to nothing, the Penguins lead the Buffalo Sabres. Wes and I will come back and preview some of the late states, uh, late starts in baseball today as we roll on right here on the Green Zone presented by BetMGM. Sin.com has the latest lines and odds for every game on the board tonight. Track the line movements with live charts, get estimated scores for every matchup, and all the betting information you need to stay on top of the action. And for example, if you just heard JVT in the last segment, or the segment prior, rather, at the top of the hour, talking a little bit about NBA. He agreed with the line move on the Portland Trailblazers, moving up to laying six points. They're opened around five or five and a half. Just one of those numbers still remaining in the market. But JVT agreeing with the steam there on the Blazers tonight. You can also use our parlay calculator to figure out payouts as as well as get all of our betting 101 information, including definitions of the betting terms we use here on the Sports Betting Network. Start your day's sports betting research for free 
all at vcin.com. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you inside the green zone. Presented by BetMGM and an update on the golf here, Wes. Keith Mitchell, I know a man near and dear to your heart. He has really never really done anything since he won the Honda Classic a mm-hmm. couple seasons ago. He has been uh, really a man abyss, uh, you know, not figuring into anything on the PGA Tour as of late. And uh, coming of, uh, of age here in the Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow and emerging as your leader, Two shots ahead of two-time winner Rory McIlroy. At nine under par is Mitchell. Five under par on his round for the day. He leads McIlroy by two shots. They've each uh, got the 18th hole left to play. Yeah, they do. And right now, Keith Mitchell, I believe I'm seeing him at a plus 270. Rory McIlroy still the tournament favorite hitter here, by the way, at 190. Despite the fact that he is two shots back of the lead with Keith Mitchell. And if he was so near and dear to my heart, I should bet him like every week. Uh, I probably, <laughs> well, probably would've... in the neighborhood of 300 to I 1. I probably would have lost all my money, though, that I made off that Honda Classic when he held off Brooks Koepka and Ricky Fowler, made a bomb on the 18th hole to get that win at the 2019 Honda, but has not won since. But in position, it seems like right now, at least with the two-shot lead going to 18. By the way, Luke List, leader in the clubhouse, six under par. He is currently 12 to 1. Gary Woodland still out there in the final group, 12 to 1 at six under par. Sadoshi Kadaira has already finished up. He is currently 50 to 1. Scott Stallings, 33 to 1. Carlos Ortiz still out there at five under 100 to 1. We're going to need Victor Hovland to go low tomorrow. He is in at four under par. So still in the mix here, but we shall see if, uh, if Mitchell elects to give one back here on 18 and maybe make that lead a little more narrow. By the way, we do have one final in baseball. The Chicago Cubs get the 3-2 win just like they did on Friday. Craig Kimbrell gets a save, does put a man on, so walks a guy, so not a clean inning. But nevertheless, Cubs get a second straight 3-2 win over Pittsburgh. 38-35, to it is Sam Houston leading James Madison in the FCS semifinal. And you mentioned the Boston Bruins got a power play goal. They now trail the New York Rangers 4-3. to And one uh, player of note here on the PGA Tour leaderboard at Quail Hollow, Bubba Watson, and I'm pleased to see him playing well. He's been in good form as of late. He shot an even par round 71 today. He's currently tied for 14th place, but... This is a guy I have a ticket on at 150-1 to for the PGA Championship coming up just 12 days away in South Carolina. And not only do I like his current form, but I like the way he's played at Whistling Straits before. A PGA or a uh, Pete Dye design that has hosted a PGA Championship before. And and Bubba's had success there. And a lot of people feel that Kiowa Island, another Pete Dye design, will be similar to Whistling Straits. He seems to kind of strike when you least expect it, too. It's not like whenever you get a win with Bubba Watson, it's not like he has just top five, top five, top five, top five, and it's like, okay, this is the week he's due. He's usually kind of off the grid a little bit, but this is a guy that's won 10-plus events on the PGA Tour, two green jackets, so certainly uh, worse long shots uh, than Bubba Watson. A couple of these leaders, by the way, for the at Quail Hollow at the Wells Fargo have dropped off a little bit. Matt Wallace now back to four under. He had fell off the leaderboard. He's in that final pairing with Gary Woodland still on the 15th hole, actually through 15, so maybe he can make a birdie or two coming in, get into this, as well as Scott Piercy and Kramer Hickok. Those guys were kind of in the final couple pairings, and they have slipped down the board today. And you can make a case that Bubba Watson is a little bit of a Pete Dye specialist, having won at TPC Louisiana and TPC River Highlands before. So uh, hopefully I get lucky with a 150-to-1 shot 
at the PGA Championship. Let's talk about some baseball coming up a little bit later this afternoon, about an hour and a half from now in Camden Yards in Baltimore. It'll be the Red Sox at the Orioles, Garrett Richards versus Zach Lowther. Worst versus first here, and this will be Lowther's first major league start. He has thrown in relief, but it'll be his first time in the starting role. Baltimore is playing 500 ball as of late. The Boston Red Sox have won two in a row, and they're a pretty decent-sized favorite over the Orioles here this evening. Orioles are a plus-120 underdog. Seen a little bit of the money here at BetMGM. Nine for your total, West. Did not play this one, but maybe there's something to be said for perhaps taking the first five if you want to do that with Lowther. I often talk about the left-hander kind of first time through the league. Usually takes a couple at-bats to maybe figure a guy out. So usually more so in the National League, I think, than the American League because obviously the American League's had the DH all these years and that advantage. So that's a more pronounced advantage. So that would be my lean here. I did not bet this game, however. The Boston Red Sox... I think uh, everybody kind of exaggerated their demise. I mean, I still think the Yankees are going to be the team to beat in the AL East, but this is a team that I thought their win total at the start of the season was a little low. I know their pitching staff does not really have an ace right now, considering Chris Sale is out for the season and for the time being, but you still are going to get a lineup that's going to score a lot of runs most nights, especially when they're home at Fenway. So Boston right now, 20 and 13, by the way, leading the AL East and their nearest pursuers, the Tampa Bay Rays, by the way, down three, nothing here in the bottom of the sixth in Oakland, Max Scherzer uh, still out there for the Washington nationals in the bottom of the seventh. They are currently leading two to one over the Yankees at the stadium. You know, and it's interesting talking about the American league East, the Yankees were the favorites going in before the season began and I think this division's going to end up being pretty competitive. I mean, I don't know what Baltimore is going to do, but they've been holding their own. Mm-hmm. They certainly haven't been an embarrassment like they have for the past handful of seasons, it seems. And and if the Red Sox can continue what they're doing, I think you're going to really have a log jam. I don't expect Tampa Bay to fall off or the Yankees. And, and, Tor- and Toronto's right and, in there. Yeah, Toronto won game over 500. They're in Houston tonight, and we'll get to that game momentarily. But now it's now I'm seeing that Toronto may be returning to Buffalo, where they were last season. Okay. They've been down in Dunedin, Florida, their spring training site, but that they're going to go up to Buffalo, obviously not being able to go up in Ontario. So Toronto taking on Houston tonight. Yes, they will be in the Lone Star State to take on the Astros. The Astros taking on the American League East the last couple of series. We'll see what Wes thinks about uh, Game 2 of this series between the Astros and the Toronto Blue Jays when we come back on the other side. It is the Green Zone presented by BetMGM right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
Get in the ring with BetMGM and you can win $100 for a $1 wager on the championship boxing showdown between Canelo Alvarez and Billy Joe Saunders. Just use the bonus code VSIN100 and experience fight night with the king of sportsbooks. Don't forget to watch live on DAZN tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. It excludes Michigan dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-GAMBLE in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line 800-889-9789. In Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. The promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Final segment of the Green Zone presented by BetMGM. Before we hand it over to Ben Wilson and Josh Towers, they'll take you the rest of the way inside the VEASAN Bet Center. The Padres are on the board. They were getting blanked by the San Francisco Giants by way of a three-run homer by Brandon Crawford. Now 3-1 to one, San Francisco up on San Diego bottom of the fifth inning there and the Tampa Bay Rays, they've ended their drought as well. They were getting shut out by the Oakland Athletics 3 to nothing. Now 3-2 to two, as they have creeped back into this ball game. They are still hitting in the top of the sixth inning. And the Minnesota Twins, we talked about this one on the live line, Wes. It was plus 210. Well, now they are, let's see, oh, it's off the board. They must be a favorite at this point. They're tied with the Detroit Tigers at two apiece, and they're still hitting in the fifth inning. And you and I off air before we came back from break here, we're talking about Max Scherzer. I think it's only one outing where this guy's really been roughed up so far this season, but an absolute gem here in the Bronx today as Washington leads New York 2-1. to one. Yeah, he's still striking guys out even at age 36. 14 strikeouts today of the New York Yankees. 99 pitches, so we'll see if Scherzer comes back for the eighth or if they turn this over to the bullpen. James Madison, by the way, big sack uh, on third down from Sam Houston. They lead the, lead the FCS in sacks, by the way, this season. So now... JMU going to try a long field goal here about a little over two minutes to go. 38 to 35, and that field goal is going to go nowhere close. So JMU tries the long field goal. I believe only one timeout left. So Sam Houston State's going to get the ball back unless there was a timeout called there, and I believe there may have been because now Sam Houston down the two timeouts. But crowd is celebrating, so apparently they are going to get the ball back. 209 left to go, just basically has to get a first down to be able to run this out and advance to the national championship where South Dakota State awaits. I tell you, this weekend and last, these SCS playoff games have been very entertaining to watch, and certainly this one has really turned into that in the second half. Right now, again, Sam Houston leading James Madison by three points. 38-35. to Let's take a look at some baseball games coming up in about an hour, about an hour and a half from now, West, 410 Pacific, 710 Eastern. And we mentioned this in the last segment down in Houston, the Astros hosting the Toronto Blue Jays. This will be Steven Matz against Christian Javier. And Houston hammered Toronto on Friday night, 10-4. to They've now won two straight. The Blue Jays are a game above 500 and just three back in the American League East. The Astros are a mid-size favorite here this evening at home. Minus 145 at BetMGM with a total of nine. Yeah, Steven Matz really started out the season with with absolutely superb numbers, but have kind of come back to earth just a little bit. Still a little bit ahead on his fielding independent pitching, about a little less than a run, better than his ERA. Christian Javier, 175 on the ERA, but 405 on the XFIP. Uh, 
Houston uh, did take a, a, a couple in the Bronx uh, last uh, time out, and then, of course, one last night. So Javier, 3-0 and on the season, .90 on the whip, which is the walks and hits per innings pitch. So obviously have been doing very well. They got a really strong outing from Jose Urquidy last night. Really didn't know what to do with this game because the Astros, I think, are just starting to maybe get a little bit right, at least having healthy guys at the plate. Of course, they got hit with COVID-19 when they had Altuve out and Bregman out and Jordan Alvarez out, also Martin Maldonado, which really affects them more behind the plate than necessarily at the plate taking that bat. So Houston finally looks like they're starting to get healthy. Michael Brantley going to sit out tonight for the Astros. Really couldn't get there on the side here. Maybe a small lean to the Blue Jays, but as of now, no play for me. I don't know if you saw that on the monitor, Wes, but they just showed Daniel Castano warming up, kind of running in place, uh, getting ready for his starting pitching uh uh, position with the Miami Marlins tonight and uh, reminded me of an old Giants reliever, Craig Lefferts, yes. with the stash yes. there. Didn't he look exactly like him? Craig Lefferts used to have that mustache for the Giants. Uh, the Phillies and the Braves, they will go to first pitch at 420 Pacific, 720 Eastern, and this will be Vincent Velasquez against Ian Anderson. Philadelphia has won five in a row. They sit atop the National League East, and the Braves are just two games below 500 and only two and a half games back in the division, but they are a solid home favorite here tonight, minus 165 with a total of nine. Despite the fact that the numbers look relatively pedestrian for Vinny B, the walks are becoming an issue again, and that's kind of always been his bugaboo over the years. He's walking about 16% of the batters that he faces, and then he has this hard hit rate of about 40%. So somehow the numbers really aren't totally out of whack with this guy, but I would almost look at the Braves here. I think the Braves, the pitching staff, they're trying to get it going. Obviously, Freed was on the DL, but Ian Anderson, they've got two quality guys right there, but what the Braves are trying to figure out is that back end of the rotation and then finally get their guys hitting right now. Braves top 10 in Major League Baseball and walk rates, so that's not very good if you're Vince Velasquez in the Philadelphia Phillies. He is really always had issues with walks here. So probably the way I would go here if I'm going with the Braves is actually go with the first five, which right now it's kind of a little bit of a heavy price at 175. So wherever you are, whatever jurisdiction you're in, go ahead and check out what your options are on those run lines because sometimes what I like to do is take the run lines in the first five, which are often basically a half a run plus or minus. So like laying a half a run here with the Atlanta Braves tonight, you'd be looking dollar 15 and actually at bet mgm i'm seeing it's a dollar 25 to lay a half a run now obviously that means that takes a push out of the question if you don't want to lay that big money line that's like a dollar 60 dollar 70 on the first five but until vince velasquez shows me that he's not going to walk as many guys as he does i can't really bet him yeah, I did not bet him either, but I would lean that way. I feel it's just a little bit expensive on the Atlanta side there. I would probably figure this to be more like 145 rather than 165, starting to touch 170 now in the market. For the nightcap, it'll be the Dodgers and the Angels, 607 Pacific, 907 Eastern for Clayton Kershaw versus Dylan Bundy. And Kershaw is pitching on just three days rest after only throwing 39 pitches 
in his last outing against the Chicago Cubs. The Angels were a 9-2 winner on Friday night. I was uh, thankful to cash that one as about a plus 150 dog. They've won just three out of their last ten, have the Angels, but the Dodgers just two out of their last ten, and they're still a game above 500. Kershaw and company are about a minus 140 favorite on the road. Let's call it down the street, Wes, Mm -hmm. and eight is your total. 155 looks like the market high right here at BetMGM. I'm seeing some 140 prices also on the Dodgers. So obviously people might look at that as a buy low spot. He did get rocked around. The numbers haven't been really bad this season for Kershaw. ERA still under three. Uh, But the staff has been kind of pedestrian lately. It's not that the Dodgers, with their recent struggles, haven't been hitting at the plate. They certainly have. It's just the pitching staff, which you expect to be dominant when you have the Trevor Bowers and the Clayton Kershaws. You would expect that it's going to be a lower ERA than a four. That's basically been league average. Angels have been one of the weirder teams this season. They look like they're going to finally turn it around. Then they get a losing streak. They get swept at home by the Rays. But they got Dylan Bundy out on the mound tonight. And Dylan Bundy's actually been a little bit better this season than he was last season. The fastball's up two miles an hour, so the velo is up. Strikeout rate is pretty strong. He limits hard contact. Uh, Four on the ERA really isn't that bad. XFIP, the fielding independent, a little bit better. Also, the Angels uh, tend to do fairly above average against left-handed pitchers, so that's why I would at least want to give them a little bit of a chance against Clayton Kershaw tonight. I think this price is a little high. Just on the price, I don't know if I'm going to bet that, but I do think there's a little value on the plus money line with the Angels tonight. And by the way, we do have a final down in Huntsville, Texas. It is Sam Houston State. Hangs on 38-35 to over James Madison. Second straight week, they were a home underdog. They were a home underdog to North Dakota State, the defending FCS champion last year. And they were today against James Madison. So we're going to get SDSU, South Dakota State, against SHSU in Sam Houston State. (laughs) One versus two in the FCS for the title next week. Well, that was a great comeback and a great second half to watch. And uh, the St. Louis Cardinals make it a final as well. And another entertaining ball game, 9-8. They hold off a surging Colorado team in St. Louis today, and Colorado now drops further in the very competitive National League West. Uh, The New York Rangers got it done as massive underdogs today. Boston went off as a minus 305 favorite here at BetMGM on the ice, and they fall to the New York Rangers 5-4. That game soars over the total, and this one stays well under the Pittsburgh Penguins went off as minus 360 favorites, and they keep uh, the Sabres scoreless. One to nothing, your final there. Uh, Keith Mitchell, he goes into Sunday with the 54-hole lead over Rory McIlroy at the Wells Fargo Championship. Going to be tough going for Keith Mitchell as he's trying to hold off McIlroy, who has won this tournament twice before. Mitchell has a two-shot advantage heading into Sunday. He's at nine under par. Rory is at seven under. And Wes, uh, I guess I'll see you in a few hours at Mandalay Bay for Canelo and the UFC? Yes. uh, We'll see if uh, Billy Joe Saunders jumps off the Tallahatchie Bridge. The Ode to Billy Joe, famous (laughs) song by Bobby Gentry. Canelo, a big favorite tonight. I do like him by decision. All right. Next up, it is the VEASAN Bet Center. It'll be Ben Wilson and Josh Towers for the next three hours with you. On the network here, they'll update all the baseball. The late slate on the Diamonds getting underway. Also, the NBA and hockey. A lot of action for you here as we roll through the rest of your Saturday right here on v Stick with us. It's the Sports Betting Network. 